Colorado Rockies trade deadline outlook. This is Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at Just Baseball. Got Clay Snowden here who wrote our outlook on this team. And I look at the Rockies. They're so weird because in the offseason, they signed Chris Bryant, even though they just traded for Nolan or they traded away Nolan Arenado. They just never make sense to me. So as we look at the deadline, they should be sellers. But last year, they should have been sellers and they didn't sell John Gray. They didn't sell Trevor Story. So that's kind of where we are here. What are they going to do? But they have these pieces that could get something. And I want to start with Daniel Bard. You have a closer that they just pulled out of thin air and they can get a nice little prospect here. Yeah, Daniel Bard, after being productive with Boston in the beginning of his career, kind of had a resurgence in Colorado, which is not something you typically see from a pitcher. And he's pitched extremely well. The advanced metrics all check out as well. Daniel Bard's probably one of, if not the top closers, him and Jorge Lopez on the market. I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else um, because David Bednar, who really knows if he's on the market or not. But yeah, Daniel Bard, at, I believe 37 years old, it's time to trade him. He's on the expiring deal. Get off that deal. Send him to a contender where he'll likely slot in as the eighth inning guy who can be the closer as insurance. Yeah, and uh, these are the guys that move at every deadline. We know it's coming. David Robertson's going to be dealt. I mean, these are you have a guy that's closing games on a team that's, you know, sub 500. Expect them to be moved. So Bard, I think, is the most likely to move. Jose Iglesias, uh, this is a weird player now, right? Like, if once just known for the glove, now suddenly hits for a really high average. Uh, you look at the WRC Plus when you wrote the article at 98, though. So it's like he's not – it's almost similar to – I don't know about Jonathan VR, but some of these guys that just – they're major league hitters, right? And yeah. so at least they're giving you professional at-bats, and he can fit on any team because also – Obviously, you could play short stuff, but you could make him a utility guy as well. Uh, I don't know how much that fetches them, but why wouldn't they move him? Yeah, it's time, it's time to move him. The defense, he still makes flashy plays, but he grades out as a mediocre defender at best now, and that's just due to his range. Um, in terms of his hitting, he's kind of like a David Fletcher, or Harold Castro, or Nick Madrigal, these guys who mostly – you know, his average may be 300, but it's a lot of singles with a couple doubles sprinkled in. Doesn't have a high on base or slugging, which is going to hurt his WRC plus. But if you're looking for a middle infielder who's just kind of turns into depth, a guy with experience and a guy who can put the bat on the ball, he's a pretty good option and he's not going to cost very much. And if you're the Rockies, I mean, I know you're kind of in between and you kind of want to build momentum towards 2023, but I think it's important to trade these guys at this deadline instead of trying to get a, you know, two or three extra wins in 2021 when you're, or excuse me, 2022, when you're not going to be contending. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were talking about the Cardinals yesterday, you know, Iglesias would be a big upgrade over at Mundo Sosa. I mean, there's there's teams that could use a shortstop of this guy's caliber that can play a little bit of second base and everything. So uh, I think you move him. Chad Cool, uh, we brought him up yesterday when we were doing some of these Alex as well. It's just uh, an innings eater type guy, right? I, I don't think that anyone's going to expect Cool to, to maybe make a playoff start for you. But if you need someone to take the ball every fifth day for the last couple months of the season here to get you through, 
maybe he could be a nice fit. Yeah, and it seems like we've talked about this on every podcast that we've done is every team needs a guy who's depth. Every team needs a player that has some experience, a guy who can come in, eat some innings. He's pitched really well at times, especially beginning of the season. Now he's kind of back to the old Chad Cool that we know from the Pittsburgh days, but um, he's extremely cheap. I think it was only like a $3.5 million deal. So at this point, with the remainder of the season, he's going to come at virtually no cost to a contender, and he's going to be easy to acquire. It's not going to take a big prospect haul. I could see him fitting on a lot of different teams. Any team that that you think, oh, Jose Quintana, Chad Cool's in the same boat, um, expiring deal, the Rockies will likely move him, and then that opens up a chance for Ryan Feltner in the rotation in Colorado. Yeah, and that's what you should be doing now, especially get give some of those younger arms an opportunity to get some experience at the big league level. I think the problem with the Rockies is that you know you're gonna be making a lot of trades here, and you need to rely on your scouting department to find like the one prospect that you can get for a Chad Cool that can pop. I just don't know if they have a scouting department that I don't know if they have one at all. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if they're the type of team that can find these guys, and I think that's why they're kind of stuck in this mediocrity. Um, another piece that could move before we get into the CJ Crone discussion is Garrett Hampson, kind of a utility guy um, that any contender could use, but isn't necessarily going to move the needle or net a, a massive return here. Garrett Hampson's not a good player. I mean, it's that simple. He has not shown that he can hit. However, he continues to get opportunities. He was once a pretty highly rated prospect. He has a lot of speed. He plays a good second base. He can play shortstop, center field. He plays his positional versatility and speed will make him attractive as a bench bat at that, or, you know, kind of the pinch runner in the playoffs type thing. Um, He does have some control left. I don't know why the Rockies seem to like him so much. He doesn't get on base. He doesn't hit for power. He just has some positional flexibility. Another name that I didn't write about is Jonathan Daza, who's a center fielder slash corner outfielder. Um, he's another guy like an Iglesias. He, I don't think he has a home run this year, but he has like a 300 average. He's hit singles. That's what he does. And if you need somebody to come in and play center field, rather it's an injury or you're just lacking in that position, I don't think he's going to be too, too expensive. I don't know if the Rockies would be willing to move him at this deadline because they're going to need bodies, but that's somebody who, could help. Um, Randall Grinchek's another one came over from Toronto for Tapia this offseason. He's owed like 10.5 million or something next year. Power bat can play all outfields, good arm. I just don't see a team willing to take on next year's contract for a guy who's likely a fourth outfielder. Yeah, that that is a lot of money for a fourth outfitter. We can get you know any of those guys on the scrap heap in the offseason to kind of fill that role, signing guys to minor league deals or even just a guaranteed major league roster spot. You can usually get a pretty good fourth outfielder. As we've gone through all the options, I mean, I think Bard, as we've talked about so far, is maybe the one that gets you something that that's a little bit valuable. But there's nothing that they're going to be sending out here that could really net them a return that's going to seriously change the fortunes of their farm. The one piece they can put on the table that would do that is CJ Crone, but it seems like they're hesitant to move him. I understand that you have someone that that rakes in Coors Field and 
um, you're trying to win a little bit and you haven't beyond this season. So I, I get, uh, I guess why they, they're maybe considering holding on, but at the same time, I mean, he's having a season that I don't know if Chrome will replicate next year. And if you wait at the deadline next year, you might not get what you're going to get right now. I don't see this team necessarily contending the next two years. So what are they doing? Not trading CJ Crone? Yeah, so Crone's an interesting case. He bounced around the league a lot, played for like four teams in four years, um, kind of a one-year deal type guy. He comes to Coors Field and just explodes. Now, obviously, his value is he hits at Coors Field well, well, and he fills their first base need where they really don't have anybody ready to take over there. They signed him to an extension. He's making, I think, $8 million or so. Not an expensive contract. He's older. They probably want to keep him just because, you know, they're trying to build momentum and they're trying to build a winner. They've signed all of these players to extensions over the past two years, especially pitchers. They just signed Chris Bryant. Trading him would be tough because a lot of teams will probably also see his track record on the road Yeah, and say, man, we don't value him the way that you all value him. And at that point, it's do we just sell? It's hard to say sell low because of his season numbers look good. But in reality, it's probably selling low because you're not going to get the value that you value him at. I guess that does make sense. I mean, if you got Chris Bryant, you're paying him all that money. You want to try to find a way to at least be a wild card team next year. And CJ Crone maybe helps them a lot more than whatever prospect they can get back. But that is why they're kind of perpetually in this, this flux state in the middle where on the right season, if the hitters are, are, are going right and they can find a way to just have this juggernaut of an offense at cores and have a huge home record, they'll be in a wild card mix. This year, that's not happening. So they're just kind of sitting at the deadline trying to make some moves around the edges. And I don't think there's really anything that's going to happen with the Rockies that will be that impactful. But that is our outlook on them heading into the deadline. We have 30 outlooks for 30 teams. So make sure you're following our podcast feed at the State of the Division. Follow us on YouTube at State of the Division. and Check out all the articles we got going up at JustBaseball.com. Again, we also have the 30 write-ups on the 30 teams as well.